Hello and welcome to the episode two of Not So Random, a podcast that's about ra- random things, but they're also sort of relevant. And to welcome to our podcast, his name is Bryson Garland. He's going to be my co-host. Hello. Hi, Bryson. Hello, Zachary. I am the co-host for the show. I'm here to just be here and tell you information, everything I need to know, and we'll hopefully give our listeners a good thing to talk about or to listen to. Mm-hmm. So, as we all know, we have a coronavirus quarantine. Uh, most people like to fondly call it coronacation. So, um, right now, we're all probably bored and sitting at home, or our parents are probably telling us to go on walks. But we decided we'd like to talk about plagues of the past. Yeah, I mean, this is not the first time there have been global pandemics, uh, as the most famous being the Black Death, but there have been plenty others. I mean, imagine being a peasant in the 13th century, just chilling in your in your straw room with nothing to your name and just being like, man, this is, sure is a bummer. And then a rat would come in and bite you. And then, and then you, oh no. And then you die in the next two weeks. But, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> thank God to modern medicine. Because, uh, um, I just want to put a little disclaimer at the beginning of this. Um, some of the things you might hear are a little disturbing. So if you're the faint of heart, uh, sorry. Also, <laughs> we're not scientists or, or doctors. So, um, we did our we did the best research we could but don't like come after us in the comments or something if there even is comments I don't think there are but you know I don't what? think there are but I don't want to get emails or DMs on the Instagram post oh yeah there's an Instagram account for the podcast it's called not so random cast go follow it nice plug All right. uh, yeah a nice plug alright so well Let's we gotta we gotta we gotta start we gotta get right into it. Let's just start. Oh, okay. Boom, Black Death. Everyone knows about the Black Death, bubonic plague, as many people have known it. This is the thing you learned about in school. This is the one oh the big mama. This thing wiped out one third of Europe's population, and even though that might seem like a big number, it wiped out twenty five percent of the world's population. That's putting that in yeah, putting that in today's terms, that'd be if one billion eight hundred and seventy two million people died today. That's insane. Well, would not the, have been a good time. The thing is, uh, Dwight Schrute in the show The Office famously quoted, There are too many people on this earth, there should be another plague. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, Dwight. If, it was, if the Black Plague was today, this is what would have happened. Yeah. So, well, let's be honest. Living back then, it was not the greatest to be a peasant. First exactly. off, as it was soon disgusting. as... Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different story. Many people know already that the disease was caused by rats and fleas because people just left their trash and their feces and all their garbage everywhere on the streets. So the disease spread like wildfire. Unfortunately, or (laughs) fortunately, however way you want to look at it, all the royalty, kings, doctors, and everyone else who had any sort of money left, immediately left. They booked it. That's just... 
yeah, that's like if today all the celebrities in the entire world, instead of quarantine, they just decided to go off to their private island and live the rest of their day and just leave you to our fate. Not the great idea. But, of course, people did try to stop this horrific wave of death. I mean, <laughs> not I, the greatest way to I'd, stop. I'd just like to say, they get a they get a participation award, they get an A for trying. <laughs> the doctors, they all get a participation <laughs> grade. They might have killed more people with their with their, their solutions, but, but at least they tried. Well, let's 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 look at some of these uh, horrific ways. So first off, bloodletting. So bloodletting is one thing that even makes me squeamish. The idea was that uh, the disease wasn't in fact just in your body; it was just in your blood. And so the idea was that if you got all out the blood with the disease, then you'd be cured. So what doctors would do is the patient would lie in bed and the doctor would like slit open their wrist and have them bleed out like lots and lots and lots of blood. Like, oh man. <laughs> and the hopes was that of course, that the blood would have the disease and go out. Of course, we know nowadays that this is not true. And so what happened is that patients would just often die of blood loss. So, you know, not the greatest way to go. Another another one was a popular idea during this time was that all viruses were God's punishment to those who had sinned. You know what they did then? Religious patients were instructed to whip themselves in hopes that God would forgive them and cure their disease. I mean, that is, <laughs> nowadays we might be able to look on that as as a bit ridiculous. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say much about today's standards, though people are still going to church in some places where uh, state they, <laughs> there have not been uh, statewide laws. But, uh, of course, thinking about it nowadays, whipping yourself would just kind of make you lose energy and just overall worsen your health so again not a very good way to go well it yeah. wouldn't it leave open wounds or something for the disease to get more in well i mean yeah whipping yourself would just let you a bleed out even more yeah blood you could get infected all sorts of nasty different things not very it's not very good not very bryson good. bryson they did other things you know <laughs> they did they really? rubbed onions, herbs, or chopped up snake on the infected patient's boils, the little bubbles that appear on the patient's skin. Or they cut up a pigeon and rubbed it all over an infected body. Oh, yikes. Other cases <laughs> were to drink vinegar, sitting close to a fire or in a sewer to drive out the fever, or fumigating the house with herbs to purify the air. <laughs> it's not the, not the greatest way to defeat one of the deadliest diseases of all time. Alright, well, so we got the worst one out of the way. And so now what we're doing is we're starting to get into the age of science, where people are starting to understand that diseases actually have, like, ways to stop them. So now we're going to move on to the Great Plague of London. This one is similar, of course, to the Black Plague, since it was early in medieval times. Uh, so, Great Plague, similar to Black Plague, caused by rats and fleas, because, of course, people still left their garbage and their, and their crap and their everything in the streets. It was bad. Very, oh, very bad. By the way, by the way, we're talking about London, England, not London, Ohio. 
great clarification. We just have to clear I'm that sh- up real quick. <laughs> I'm sure many people might have been confused by that. Alright, uh, what else we got? Yeah, this is very bad. Great Plague London. <laughs> Not very good. Doctors, royalty, and rich fled, of course, so the uh, peasants were just left to be ravaged and absolutely destroyed. And one of them, and so bloodletting was still an uh, extremely popular idea. This, yeah, so but bloodletting this time, was common. This time it was with leeches, the little yeah. parasites that suck blood. Yeah, so what they do is they'd grab leeches, they'd put them on, like, your veins, and then they'd suck blood out in hopes that it'd get out the blood. Of course, we know now that this is wrong. Another thing is religion. Religion, of course, is always a big factor back then, and many people thought that the reason for the disease was the air. In fact, they believed that uh, it was impure air, and so it was... The way to uh, get rid of this impure air that supposedly had the devil in it was to be warded off with smoke. Smoke. And so, children were encouraged to smoke. Kids? Children were... <laughs> it's, like, it's like the doctor or their, their pastor would go up to them and say, <clears throat> Kids, there's a new fun thing out there that we should do to ward off this impure air. Smoke. <laughs> and oh, so, they'd, they'd smoke herbs and leaves... Uh, oftentimes getting high off of it, but, you know, <laughs> kids might have gotten an incredible high before dying to this disease, which, of course, they had very little protection and immunity to. But this Absolutely. isn't the only thing. This isn't the only thing you could do. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? How about what? sniffing a sun- sponge soaked in vinegar? <laughs> Absolutely delicious. You know what? If I caught COVID right now, COVID nineteen right now, I wouldn't go to the doctor. I'd just grab a sponge and sniff it with vinegar. All my problems going away. Instant, <laughs> just a, an instant cure. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So what are we talking about? We've gotten through some of the big ancient plagues, but now we're getting to some of the more modern plagues. And this time, this is where science gets in here. It's time It's time for the brilliant scientists of this time to figure out how it's working. So we're talking about cholera. I mean, sorry. Cholera. 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 You know what? Yeah. Yeah, so cholera is basically, um, cholera pandemics are caused by the contaminated water. Um, more specifically, water contaminated with feces, uh, otherwise known as stool or a.k.a. Uh, poop. What it did was it caused severe diarrhea and vomiting that eventually led to death by dehydration. Now, this is where this is where it gets crazy, because many people, like we learned in the uh, back in the Great Plague of London, thought that all the diseases came from the air, like the impure air. But this brilliant guy, John Snow, he's like, okay, I'm gonna map the outbreak. And so what he does, he maps out where all these patients. And what he finds out is that all of these patients had one thing in common. All of these patients had received water from the Broad Street water pumps. This one, uh, this one company that had these pumps running. And so, using this crazy idea, he decides to stop the pumps. And people stopped getting sick. One of the crazy things where people actually used brilliant trial and error to solve problems. Absolutely incredible for the time. This is huge, because people are like, wait a second, it's not just God's punishment, and it's not impossible to cure. You just gotta figure out where it's all coming from. Here, here's a message out to all y'all kids out there. Kids, 
Learn science. Learn science. Absolutely. My question. My question is, how did the Broad Street Water Pumps um, Company come back with this? What? What? Their new motto should have been Broad Street Water. We we don't all give cholera. We don't give we don't give cholera to everybody. Just a few million people. <laughs> or right. or they might say sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Broad Street water pumps. Sorry about the cholera pandemics. <laughs> All right. Now this 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 is the big mama. I said I said that the black plague was big mama. Wrong. I was wrong. This 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 is the big stuff. This killed up to a hundred million people. You know it. You know them from World War One. You know them from the Roaring Twenties. It's the Spanish flu. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Spanish flu. Oh boy. This one is very, very, very well known. 1918. 1918. Spanish flu. It was a. It was influenza or the flu. So something that we could catch today. But of course, without modern medicine, it was still incredibly severe and fatal for anyone that caught it. Now, one of the main reasons that, of course, this virus spread so quickly was from World War One, where millions of men all came to go fight in dirty, small trenches where they'd spread diseases through water and everything else that they touched, because there was absolutely no hygiene in the trenches. Nasty. Absol- absolutely nasty. Now, here's a question. Why is the Spanish flu called the Spanish flu? I don't know, Bryson. Why is it called the Spanish flu? Well, uh, apart from contrary belief, it didn't actually become come from Spain. <gasps> really? The, no. The reason it can't call the Spanish flu is because the Spanish king at the time was one of the first people to catch it. This is the French called it the Spanish flu, but actually, people in Spain called it the French flu. So there's a little tidbit of information. Now, one of the controversies for one for this, of course, is where the virus originated, because many people will believe that it started either. So, one thing we have to understand is that there were three main suspects for where this disease started: the 1918 Spanish flu. One of the ideas was in uh, China, of course. 1917, there was a flu uh, uh, being regarded that many people be- believed was uh, early strains of this virus. Personally, this is what I believe in because uh, China had so much of the world's population at the time that is a breeding ground for many of diseases, which it still is today. Which is one of the reasons why COVID-19 did come from China. Another reason, another belief, is that it started in the United States, Kansas. In Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. There These, were uh, a few. Those folks at Kansas got it, and then uh, because they were being shipped out, the U.S. was in World War One. They were being shipped out and spread it to Europe. And yeah, that's and, uh, yeah, and the, also yeah. the rest of the, the 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 country and the world and everything else. And last but not least, people believe that it actually did start in Europe. That during World War One, uh, during World War One, there were uh, people in the trenches, and with a combination of horrible hygiene, the ultimate disease was created, which just absolutely wrecked havoc. Five hundred million people were infected. And about 50 to 1 million deaths worldwide. Now, this is one of the first times where quarantines are put in place. We're finally realizing that if we get people out of the streets, then we might be able to slow this. 
Unfortunately, isolation and quarantines were eventually put into place, but they were very slow. One of the main reasons was because after World War One, governments were in debt, they had no control, people were upset, and so it was very difficult. To, it was re- governments were too infected, and inf- ineffective to put in these quarantines because, in addition to being broke, they didn't really know what to do. So of course, people got it. Lots of people got it. Even President Will- Woodrow Wilson got it. Like celebrities, of course. Like this is this is one of the diseases where not the rich, yes, the rich, yes. the poor, where yeah. Where so so it. most of the right now the COVID nineteen is mainly compared a lot to the nineteen eighteen uh, Spanish flu, a lot because it has some sort of similarities, like the fact that the quarantines, lots of people were getting it, and it was like some sort of like everybody was getting it, right? No matter social status race gender yeah it yeah, was yeah. it wasn't like back then when the rich would run away yeah and now now it's now everyone is affected and so that means everyone's gotta work together to slow this thing down all right well i think i think that we've uh definitely uh talked a lot about these old diseases we've we've definitely uh covered how yeah. other people had responded to these diseases without modern medicine how unfortunately many of them passed away so now let's let's try to take this modern let's let's talk about let's talk about covid-19 what what should we talk about covid-19 conspiracy theories Ooh, conspiracy theories. What do you mean about that? I love conspiracy theories, and the, the I, I've added a little bit some myths added in, so I just want to go right in. And the first one is 5G. Ever heard of it, Bryson? I don't know what 5G, so there's a conspiracy theory about 5G data? Five? Like telephone poles? So 5G is basically your phone data. It's basically like 4G that you have now, but better. So 5G is basically 5G and 4G and 3G. To the bat, all the G's have are the thing that allows you to use your Instagram off the Wi-Fi. Um. So everyone's heard the fact. Oh, like oh, these telephone poles or antennas cause cancer and other things like that. But the latest hit against this new technology is that it can cause weakened immune systems or even can spread the coronavirus itself. That's crazy. People actually believe that? Yeah. 5G antennas in the United Kingdom have literally been set on fire by arsonists, making you Set on fire? They, what? They're also, they're also attacking the people who maintain those 5G poles. Jesus Christ, that's, that's, that's insane. So, so YouTube 5G conspiracy videos all had to take, all had to be taken down. So that's, 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 that's kind of crazy. Uh, the thing is, let's see. The thing is, coronavirus spreads through droplets, like cough droplets and things. That's how the virus spreads, that, as we know about. But 5G uses electromagnetic waves. So there's probably nothing to worry about. Yeah. All right. Any other conspiracy theories about COVID-19? Well, I really like this one because for some reason I support it, I guess. I don't, <laughs> don't call me crazy. I do. Okay. I do. Biological weapon. 
Some people think that coronavirus is a biological weapon created by the U.S. to attack China, or vice versa, China to attack the U.S. Of course, relations between the two countries haven't been the greatest. So many people would believe it would make total sense the virus would have been created in a lab. In fact, China's only biosafety level 4 factory is right up the road from where the virus originated. <laughs> when the Wuhan food... <laughs> Man. Exactly. People, the skeptics of this uh, conspiracy, uh, however, say there is nothing that shows that the virus was remotely created by scientists. But that's just what they want you to think, of course. Or the scientists, <laughs> or the scientists could have engineered it so well that it doesn't look like they engineered it. Okay, Zach. Let's try not to get off track here. Okay. We're joking. We're joking, by the way. This is a complete joke. No one actually believes this is a biological weapon. If you want to get more information on coronavirus, CDC, baby. All right. Should on we, to the next one. I have a question, Bryson. What? Should we trust the CDC? Yes, we should. The CDC is a very, very trustworthy site, and you should always get your information from trusted government sources. Exactly, and that's why we want to plug you, the CDC. Listen to the CDC. Very epic. Okay, now, Zach, that can't, that's, that's gotta be all of them, right? There can't be any more conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. It doesn't make much sense. There's some more, but we're just gonna cover one of them. Uh, the next one. The virus is no worse than the cold. This one this one is spread around early and during the virus. This one was riled up by radio host and Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient Rush Limbaugh on this general idea, and but this general idea is still somehow floating around. According to the doctor, I'm saying that with quotation marks, it looks like the coronavirus is being weaponized as another element to bring down Donald Trump. And he, and he says, now I want to tell you the truth about the coronavirus. I'm dead right on this. <clears throat> the coronavirus is a common cold, folks. He also claims that the media is blowing up COVID-19 to undermine the Trump administrations. Uh, so, again, yeah. we just like to say, please listen to the CDC for reliable information. About Celebrities might not be the best. Um, but then I'd also like to say we're not taking a political stance, so don't get mad at us. Yeah, we're not taking a political stance. Believe whatever you want to believe, but just get your information from a liable source. We're taking, we're just reading facts here. But you know what? So all this, all of the, all this COVID talk, you know, it's getting getting a bit boring. You know, mm-hmm. is there anything else from around the world that we can look? today news news are you telling me we're transitioning to not so random news the segment where we talk about random news all around the world in our final segment where you can listen to whatever the heck you want you know what our random news is today what is our random news? our headlines are they're not all about coronavirus but some of them are talking about homemade face masks okay i'm gonna go over that real quick so um can homemade face masks prevent the coronavirus the CDC re- recommends wearing homemade face masks, and I think you should. I made one, my mom made one, my family made one. Um, because um, N95 masks, those very important ones, need to be reserved for the medical medical community, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. should make our own masks to protect, um, not to protect ourselves, but to protect others. 
So tell me, if I'm just a poor little citizen, what materials should I use to make a face mask? You should probably, um, so the guide, there's a guide to making a face mask. Um, so... Yeah? Where can I find this guide? It's on, uh, the CDC, the CDC website. Um, you can also find it on CNETs and most, uh, news sites. They, they're telling you how to make, um, how to make, uh, face masks. So, homemade face masks, they may protect others from you. So, um, coronavirus, um, people who have it, their symptoms range from, some may feel asymptomatic. So, just in case you have it, and we're not saying you're not great listeners, you don't, uh, great listeners, um, you, you should wear one uh, when you go out, because if you do have it, you, it's less likely to be spread to someone else. Uh, using a cloth face covering when you're around can help block larger particles that you might eject through a cough, sneeze, or some saliva that you launched, like speaking or something, which could slow right. the spread of the transmission. Perfect. All right, so we've talked about COVID. Any other news? Uh, so now we have um, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing. Wow, I've played that yeah. all the time. Yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons has been pulled from some Chinese stores after in-game Hong Kong protests. What? So people are, are people in the game are sharing pro-Hong Kong protest messages. <laughs> wow. The switch the switch game um the switch game has been the on the Nintendo Switch has been pulled from the Chinese stores to um, make sure that this doesn't happen, right? Because the <laughs> government the government doesn't want it to have, be happening. That's kind of crazy. Um so <laughs> so um that searching for the switch game on um sites like Pin Duo Duo and Tao Bao no longer returns any results, so you can't find it on like stores, right? Yeah. According to the tech news outlet Ping West, some resellers on Tao Bao, which is owned by Alibaba, a successful uh, Chinese, um, uh, it's like the Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, they shared messages on the social media website WeChat, which is very popular in China and uh, mm-hmm. many other countries around the world, claiming that the store had directed them to stop selling the game on its platform. Hmm. That's crazy. What else? What other news is there? So next we have the Conagra Brands Incorporated recalls frozen, not ready to eat chicken bowl products due to possible foreign matter contamination. So you gotta explain that to me in some other words. Yes. You telling me my chicken's infected? So Conagra Brands, the the company that makes this frozen, not ready to eat, so you have to cook it. It's a chicken bowl. Um, they're yeah. recalling 130,736 pounds of not ready to eat, so you have to cook it. Um, because the product may contain um some sort of substance in it. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're rocks. What? Rocks in my chicken? Rocks. What? I'm sorry, Bryson, I don't but t- no, you don't want to eat rocks. I don't want to eat rocks. Small rocks, <laughs> specifically. How in the world did can, how can the world could rocks get in my chicken? Because they were careless. All right. Well, that seems like a lot of news already. My head's spinning. Right? Yeah. But then I have one more article here. 
Okay. Uh, from NASA. Oh, okay. So this is interesting. A Mars helicopter has been attached to NASA's new Perseverance rover. So you've probably heard of oh. you've heard of the Perseverance rover, right? I have, but yes. have any of our listeners? So NASA launches rovers every so often to go to Mars to explore it and get more information on it because it's our very close sip. Well, Bryson, you're more of an expert on this, right? Well, yeah. So NASA, of course, launches uh, rovers to the Mars and to get information because every year we're creating new instruments, new tools to get more information, especially looking for water on Mars, which is one of the big things in order to look at the history and potentially how Mars had atmosphere and even maybe could have had life. So, right. this next rover is NASA's Perseverance rover. It's actually been in some headlines because NASA last year launched a campaign where you could add your name to the rover, and millions of people did it, and now your their names will be etched into little microchips on the rover. I did that? Yeah, did I, I, I did that? So, technically, our names will be going to Mars on the rover. That's kind of epic. I'm, that's but cool. Now, My name yeah. will be history. So now um, what, what NASA is doing is it's adding uh, a little Mars helicopter to it. To the huh. rover. That's cool. Quite. So um, the helicopter, after the descent stage, so a descent stage is when you're going back down into Mars. Yeah. It's like when you're coming down, you need to have make sure you don't land very hard and break everything. So, but so what they're doing is they're making a like a, a, a like helicopter. So after the descent stage, the system that will deliver the Mars helicopter was integrated with Perseverance. This helicopter, which apparently weighs four pounds, features propellers four feet in diameter, is cocooned in the delivery system. So the rover and the helicopter are cocooned together in the system. Um, so when it comes down, I suppose. The helicopter will receive an electrical charge from the rover. Before being deployed on the surface of the Jazeera crater, the Mars helicopter will rely on the rover for power. Afterward, it will generate its own power. The helicopter will remain together with the rover for the next year and will be deployed around the beginning of May. Once the rover drives around 330 feet away, the helicopter undergoes an extensive system checks and will execute a test flight campaign. <laughs> that's that's really cool. So it's bas- it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. Thank you all for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, so um, that that's great that you listened to it. Um, I hope we you just like enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Give you some uh, information about the past uh, Make you realize that we're pretty lucky living in nowadays and we're not having to have all of our blood let out of us to get killed you know, by the disease. Uh, we'd like to say um, please listen to the CDC and please stay updated on the coronavirus. Um, please stay away from people. Stay safe. Stay at home. Don't go out for non-essential trips and whatnot. Yeah, um, and... We, want, we want this to end as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, if you're feeling it, if you're uh, you enjoyed what you're listening to, if you just want to learn a bit more about some uh, random things that are actually relevant, then uh, tune in next week for episode three, where uh, we'll be talking about space and uh, have a, a guest on that many of you will know. So, uh, uh yeah.
Again, thank you for listening, and we're signing off. Have a good day.